Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Varo, and with me tonight, Luis. What's up, man? What's going on, man? It's just me again, bro. <laughs> it's just me. Rigo and Flo are long gone. They're no longer. We're looking for two new members <laughs> to fill their spots. <laughs> if you know how to read gambling today, odds, let us know. <laughs> we sent today. We sent them to cover the presidential debate. <laughs> I watched like half an hour of it. I couldn't do it anymore, man. I was like, let's just pod because this is not good. Half an hour? You made it way longer than I. I mean, I lasted like five minutes. (laughs) And they were just going back and forth, cutting each other off. I was like, damn. I'd I'd rather complain about Chivas than watch that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It sounded like, I've seen people say it it looks like a football picante table. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. Oh, man. Done. All right, man. Let's let's just get right into it, man. All right, match day 12, Chivas versus Mazatlan. Chivas wins 2-1, another ugly, ugly win for Chivas, and they end the week in seventh place. Bro, right when the game started, yeah, I was... right when the game started, the lineup. Nah, go ahead. The fucking lineup. He went with, all right, so we've been asking for Ponce to not, well, you guys have been asking for Ponce not to start. I was okay with him starting. <laughs> so Ponce, Ponce went to got. the bench. Ponce has gone to the bench now. Which is fine. I don't get I think it. it's official, right? I think yeah. he's lost it. I think he's officially yeah, lost yeah. his spot. And you know, Chicot is there now. So Chicot, you know, he's been doing good. He's been doing a good job, and I'm glad he's starting now. And then you know, the other guy we've been asking for to go to the bench was Molina, but uh, Molina started Saturday night, and then the guy nobody asked for, Gallito Vasquez, <laughs> started over uh, Dieter Villalpando and uh, Fernando Beltran. And immediately when that when that happened, I was like, "Why is Busetich parking the bus right before like the game has the game hasn't even started and we're already parking the bus?" Bro, when I seen the lineup, when I seen the lineup, I felt like he listened to the podcast and he was like, "Fuck y'all, I'm putting Gallito in." <laughs> like you guys don't want Molina, I'm putting two of them now. <laughs> it made no sense at all. I don't I, like it's not even. I can't even explain it to be honest. You know what's funny is I see I had seen a. I thought earlier in the day there was like rumblings about it, and I was like, "Nah, that can't be true." Like, if you don't want to start Beltran because of the COVID, it is what it is, right? It's, it's a reasonable excuse. But then just stick with Vialpando because he's been having good passes, doing a decent job. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't get it. I was shocked, like completely shocked. That Gallito. It was crazy because when Tena was here, we were complaining about Tena, but Tena had pretty much a race. Gallito, Oribe. These guys are regulars now. Yep. And then, you know, to make things worse, four minutes into the game, we're already down 1-0 off um, Goudinho blocked a shot in the box. It was a good block. I don't think Goudinho could have done more, especially yeah, at that distance. Close. Yeah, it was close. It's like so far. And then Mier never <laughs> pushed back up with the rest of the defenders and he kept four Mazatlan players on onside. So I think... You know, if, if Gudinho makes that block and Mier actually pushes up with the rest of the, the line, that, that goal would have been offsides and, you know, nobody would be looking at Gudinho as, you know, the culprit once again. But I don't know what happened to Irán Mier. You know, we've been complimenting him the whole season. We've called him one of, well, probably our best defender. And then he just fell asleep on, on Saturday. He was all there, all out there by himself and kept four people onside. Yeah, yeah. You can tell when... You can tell it's his fault when everyone else does the same thing. <laughs> they all run forward and you're the only guy left behind. <laughs> um, it was just a bad... It was... Hey, he's not going to have a perfect season, right? He's had a pretty good season for us. Uh, we even called for maybe... Maybe he should probably be captain, but he's had a really good season for us. It's one. It's a mistake. You, you can live with, with a mistake. Um, Godinho, I didn't see anybody blaming Godinho, though. I don't know if you did. Yeah, I saw tweaks again that people like, oh, he deflected into the middle of the box again. But like I said, what what is he gonna do? You want him to hold on to that ball? Like you gotta be a great goalie and have like so much confidence to try to hold that ball there and not risk it going through your hand. Yeah, no, I didn't. I thought it was it was the shot was pretty close up. It's if you think about like those headers that Macias had against. Memocho, we're up close range. Like you're at the, you're just looking to stop the ball. You're not you're yeah. not really thinking. I'm sure in your mind you want to put it to the side, but your first instinct is get to the ball first. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As a goalkeeper, your job is to keep the goal, keep the ball out of the goal, and 
you know, his reaction was a, it was a good reaction because I don't I don't even think he had like full visibility when the shot came out, the initial shot, not the not the second one because everybody was wide no. open in front of him for the second one. I, I I think by the time I tuned in, the goal had a, I think I tuned in like right after the goal happened. Now, did the players run forward on the cross or after the was it, it was a header? I can't remember what it was. They ran up on the initial cross. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what happened. Stayed back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just okay. got lost. You can see it. He's yeah, like, so fuck, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's 100% on him. Yeah, everybody else ran up. There's yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six players that ran out, and Irami had just stayed in the small in the smaller area of the goal. And, yeah, he okay. just kept everybody on. Yeah, but, I mean, it's Irami, and I don't think it's going to happen again. Yeah, no, no. I think it's just, that's just a miscommunication, those plays. Uh, but I even even with that goal, I mean, I did think Chivas would struggle to score, especially with the two CDMs, but... I, I still thought we would win and be honest. I wasn't really like worried. I don't know if you were heading into like that after the goal. I just thought it's going to be another one of those where the team just sits back and forces us to break them, which we haven't been able to do all season. I feel like if once teams score on us and decide to set up the low block and park the bus, we have, we're like not really efficient at breaking them down. But, you know, a couple minutes later, Molina bails us out with a with a header off a cross, off a corner kick. I think Vega took it. Doesn't Our matter. guy, Molina, <laughs> never doubted him. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a nice header, a nice little diving header. I don't know if that's yeah. like a set piece that they that they did because it actually looked kind of good. Like um, all the players kind of pushed to the right of the box and kind of dragged all the defenders, and then Molina just snuck in to the side of them. But that could have just been, you know, him reading the play well. Maybe it wasn't like a design set piece. But, you know, credit to him on the header for tying that game up. And we, that, like I said, if we're if we're down by a goal, we're down by two goals, like my chance, my hope of scoring another one is, is like super low. Nah, yeah, credit to him. And like, I, I give him a lot, especially me, I give him a lot of shit on here. But he got the goal. I, I still don't want him starting. <laughs> but... <laughs> Credit to him for getting the goal because the longer those games drag out and you can't score, the more they drag out, like the harder it just becomes. Especially, it, it seems that way, especially for Chivas. Yeah, and we don't really score on set pieces much. Like, I know I brought it up, like, we, I brought it up before, I think, like two episodes ago, maybe, that Molina's, like, is uh, actually, like, really tall. Like, he's, like, deceivingly tall. And we have a couple this season, though, no? I don't think not, not, not like directly offset. Calderon was a set piece, right? Oh, we got yeah, we got that from Beltran, and then this corner. But besides that, like we don't score that much offset pieces. But um, it's interesting because Vega, Vega and Macias are strikers. Mm-hmm. Iramir, Diva's pretty tall. But that's the Antuna thing, though. Like, has, Antuna has showed he's athletic. He can get Vega, up pretty high. Vega's not that tall. You know, Molina. I yeah, think Molina, Diva, yeah. and Iramir are probably our three targets. Or should be our right. three targets on set pieces, and then Macias too, who's uh he's pretty tall too. But I think Macias is not good at heading. <laughs> I Macias is not good at a lot of things right now, but <laughs> but yeah, man, credit credit to Molina on the header, and then you know thirty second minute, the Chivar the Chivar cries start, Mazatlan player handball in the box. I know the new the new FIBA handball rule is is pretty bad, but um. I say it now because it benefited us, but the rule—the rules are the rules, and that's a penalty in any any league that is uh, sanctioned by people right now. Yeah, it's it's they changed the rule for that specific reason. So every time, especially if you extend your hand even a little bit, if the ball hits the hand, it's going to be a penalty call. They did it to get away from judgment calls where the referee has to make the was it intentional, was it not? I mean. If people we hate people hate the rule, but that's why they did it. They did it to get away from certain judgment calls on refs. Yeah, I got the. And it's supposed to make it more fair. I got the FIBA thing right here. It says, uh, for the purposes of determining handball offenses, the upper boundary of the arm is in line with the bottom of the armpit. It is an offense if a player deliberately touches the ball with their hand arm, including moving the hand arm towards the ball. That wasn't the case. It says uh, scores in the opponent's goal directly from the hand, arm, even if accidental, by the goalkeeper. 
that wasn't the case. Touches the ball with their hand arm when the hand arm has made their body unnaturally bigger. And that's where the rule came into effect. And that's why it was a PK. Because the guy, the angle that they had on TV, I could see why people said it wasn't a PK. Because it kind of looked like it was going to hit him in the in his chest anyways. But if you get the right angle, you can see that his arm is like completely perpendicular or adjacent to his body. So it definitely got in the way of the shot. And it's a, it's a PK. I mean, the rule sucks, but... Especially because yeah. it's such a short distance. Like, what do you want? How do you want him to react? But, I mean, that's the rule, and can't can't do anything about it. So PK. Yes. And anytime the if your hand goes out a little bit, just a little bit, if the hand stretched out a little bit. That's it's gonna be called. That's why I think they want you to keep your hands like on your butt. Yeah, and I mean we've seen other other leagues um start complaining about the new the new handball rule oh, specifically probably. Premier League. Yeah. Ex- yeah. There's, there's so many PKs already called in what the first two three weeks of the of the season. Man, you right. won on a on a PK this last weekend. Um, Chelsea got called for a PK, so you there's know it's so been many. happening to everybody. Probably pretty bad. It's been pretty well. It's it's bad because I mean, what's crazy is that we're used to the old rules, so that's what makes it so bad. But if yeah. if you, people who are going to be raised off, okay, if your hands out, this is normal. It's just a normal. Every play like that's going to be a handball. It is what it is. And then, just got, you know, we got to get used to it. Yeah, and then you have VAR, so like the slightest touch is now going to be re rewatched and you know called against you now, which is annoying. But it's where the game is right now, and fortunately for us, Macias takes the PK, gets over his uh, PK woes, and and gets it past Sosa. I and in my opinion, it wasn't even a good penalty, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like if Sosa were. Oh extended correctly he, he would have got he would have blocked that yeah thank god he made that in though <laughs> yeah I, imagine i can't even imagine if he would have missed it i think <laughs> i think he even pointed at the camera and shouted out chihuahua amy when he scored that goal <laughs> oh <laughs> but then i don't even want to imagine like if he would have missed that goal imagine he would have missed that goal after putting on uh, on social media that he was practicing with ramoncito yeah, Ramoncito would have to square up with him. Yo, Ramoncito <laughs> would have been catching strays too for no reason. But yep, uh, Macias overcomes his uh, penalty woes, but not his uh, finishing woes because throughout the game he had plenty of opportunities to score more. He had a one-on-one with Sosa after slaying the ball from one of the Mazatlan center backs and shoot shot it right in, right at at Sosa, and then he had a beautiful cross from Chapito. And yeah. heads it completely over the crossbar to wide of goal. Like it was a terrible header. And man, I don't know what. When is Macias gonna get it together, man? You know what's crazy is because we've been having all this Macias talk. I went back and I I went on YouTube and I looked up his goals at Leon. I had to see like, I had to see like um maybe maybe those goals were lucky, you know? Because sometimes players just get lucky, or maybe the, or like Chicharito when he would get those like yeah. off his shin goals and and maybe he scored and we didn't really look at the like the goals itself and we just overhype him but nah man he he was the jj Macias that we expected he scored headers dribbling pass players beautiful shots from outside the box first time finishes with his left i just have no i have no clue like why at chivas is not working out i'm gonna start i'm, I'm gonna assume that the pressure is starting to get to him yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is the the weight of the jersey too much for him? Like, is Chivas bringing no, too much pressure for him? <laughs> he said it wasn't, but <laughs> that's not what we're seeing. I think that video was. I, I'm gonna assume because we I, I posted that video from the Chivas from the Chivas. I'm pretty sure that video was him at Leon. I think I would assume it was him at Leon. The way he was kind of like talking about it. I think it was when he was between like coming back and not coming back. Oh, okay. Damn, dude, he just started pouring. But it's pouring. definitely getting to him, though. It's You can tell it's getting to him. He doesn't look... I'm telling you, because, you know, I thought maybe he's a good striker. And he's just not a good... He's just a person who's not a... He's not a good header, you know? Not all strikers are. But no, Leon, some of the shots he was he missed with Chivas with his head, he wasn't missing those with Leon. Yeah, he seemed like a com- the complete forward at Leon, and now I don't know what's happening. He just can't can't get it going and you know we've looked at some of the numbers we've talked about it before like he gets 50 percent less balls and or passes in the box than he would at leon 
but, but he's still getting clear but chances. You're getting, yeah, you're getting the chances. You're just I not mean, finishing like, it. The ones against Ochoa, the ones that Chapito gave him, those are like clear. You should put those away. Three, I can think of probably three. Three of those were headers. He should have at least put one or two of them away, if not all three. At this point, I just got to hope that eventually he's going to score a goal. On the, like, just start dropping goals every game because he has to get hot eventually, right? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be really looking at how he does tomorrow. Well, I guess today when you guys hear this, with the national team, and see if he's able to put those some of those finishes away with the national team. I mean, you're playing Guatemala. You better score a couple of goals because they're not at the level that the Mexican national team is, or a player yeah, like Messi is. If he gets 45 minutes in that game, he should at least. I feel like he should score a goal. Especially with the talent around him, um, he should he should be able to score a goal, and then hopefully that gives him the confidence to continue it at Chivas. Yeah, well, we don't even know when he's gonna be back. Apparently, uh, they might be taking some of our players, but uh, no, but not him though. Yeah, but well, let's just wrap up the game. Um, you know, so right, Macias is woes, and then Molina picks up a a knee injury after Huerta accidentally falls on him. It was kind of like like me and you watch have watched football before, and it was kind of like when the lineman like someone lands on him and he took yeah, out his knee. Yeah, yeah. He took his knee out from the side, and on Saturday it looked pretty bad. But uh, Chivas released a medical report that no, there's no tear; it's only a sprain. And but we don't know how long he'll be out. They said he has to rehab and be worked back into the team. He should take the whole season off. Why? <laughs> he should just take the whole season off. Why risk coming back and hurting it again? <laughs> nah, uh, but seriously, um, no, nah, it was good. It was good that it wasn't bad because those knee injuries, especially, I don't know how old he is, but I feel like at a certain age, they could be pretty much like career threatening injuries or you just won't come back the same anymore. So it's good that it wasn't like a, a full like torn ACL or anything like that. Cause that's what it, that's what probably a lot of people thought it was at first. Yeah, that's what I I thought he tore his knee up and that he was gonna be out like what what's the ACL injury now like seven to nine months? I'm going on like two years, but that's because I never got surgery. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, athletes usually are out for like seven to nine months after ACL injury. Molina, hopefully, he's back. I I've been seeing like tweaks that he's gonna be back in in a month, but you know, you never know. If I'm Lucasinch, I'd want him back probably the second to last game or the last game of the season heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Because even though we don't want him, Lucasinch wants him. So if I was Lucasinch, I'd want him. You would want him back at least one game before the playoffs to try to get that rhythm back. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I'm glad it wasn't a tear, but Luis, we're finally going to get to see Chivas without Molina. We've been asking for it. You know, we don't want him to get hurt. We just want him to get benched. Yeah, but we're going to get Gallito now. It's worse. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I'd rather what... Molina than Gallito. But, that's the problem. But Gallito's, the problem like the... Gallito. Gallito's the more pure CDM, though. He won't be pushing up like Molina pushes up. Nah, I've seen him push up a lot for Chivas. On Saturday? I've seen him. Um, maybe not on Saturday, but I forgot what games he, he was used earlier. There was times or he came in as a sub and, and he was still... Yeah. He would be in positions where you wouldn't want him to be in. Yeah, he'd be at the top, but, he'd be at the top now, of the box. He's going to have to play with Beltrano Villalpando, so he shouldn't be in those positions. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be Villalpando because of the uh, off-field issues for Beltran. But, um, you know, we're going to see on what day do we, do we play on Sunday night? I think we play on Sunday night against Cholos. If it happens, because Cholos is like a train wreck right now. They're finally going to play again tomorrow for the first time in like two weeks, I think. Oh, they are playing? Yeah, they're playing, uh, I think they're playing Juarez. Is it the game they missed? Well, they they've had two postponed because of COVID. Yeah, they're playing Juarez oh, tomorrow, and then they play. Where they uh, had the whole organ organization <laughs> positive. Basically, and then they play Chivas on Sunday at 10, 10 Eastern Standard Time. But you know, we're finally gonna see it. We're gonna see probably Gallito and Villalpando out there, and you know, we're finally gonna get a fresh midfield pairing, I guess, when it comes to Bucetich. Hold on, Flo in the chat asking if we started. <laughs> Shout out to Flo. <laughs> uh, no gambling corner. <laughs> oh, man. What were you saying? 
<laughs> I was just busy laughing at that. <laughs> no, I was saying we're finally going to get, uh, in, in uh, air quotes, a fresh uh, midfield pairing under Vucentic. It'll for sure be a new, regardless of who Beltran or Elpando, it'll be a new midfield, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see, like, the whole Beltran issue, because at this point they've pretty much admittedly openly said that it's COVID. Yeah. It's COVID, it's... Now, when I when I read the comments, I don't know if I took away that it's COVID that it's keeping him off the field, or that they didn't see the same player. They didn't see the same performance in him. Like, I don't I don't know how I took it. I feel like I took it as he what he he's not he's not playing up to the Beltran that we saw before COVID. That's how I took it. I I took it as that. I watched like some of the Vucetich press conference. I I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but uh-huh. specifically about Beltran, he was talking about you know they they hooked up a, a GPS or something to him. I don't know what he thinks a GPS is, but um probably like a heart monitor or something. Right. Yeah. And um, he said that Beltran, due to COVID, doesn't have like the same intensity or the same um, what's the word like durability that he had before he had covid so i think they're trying to just be careful with him and trying to work him back into into like peak condition and not right, have so to like I, risk him that's what i like that's what caught like the whole intensity part like i wonder what maybe he's just getting what, tired what, like quick or getting winded because he he had mentioned that he gets winded like yeah he did after he like did. after like 60 minutes on the field so you don't want that but you i just don't want weird him. that they haven't used him at all because they were using him that's the weird thing about it if they brought him back after COVID, was it? But he was get it Dana who brought him back, or or was that Wusatich? No, he um, Dana was gone by then. It was Wusatich, but um, he would um, he would or get Leano, subbed Leano. off. Leano. He would get subbed off at the at the first half of all those games, or like pretty early in the second half. So maybe even then they they knew, and maybe they were, they figured let's just get him back to a hundred percent before you know the the Liguilla run starts and before things are settled, just so we have him at 100% once we start playing Liguilla or, or Repechaje in this case. I just find it crazy that they're letting him go to the national team and play with the national team. Yeah, that's the thing too. Unless they don't, unless they don't want to ruin, you know, the, it's an opportunity, it's his first call-up. Yeah, that so might that, be it that, too. It, I mean, we're going to see if, if Tata plays him tonight That's true. because you're going to listen to this on Wednesday. If he if he plays him, then you know, then we gotta start asking questions because you got that altitude in Mexico City, and then you got a player that's supposedly not in you know peak condition and not giving out the same intensity he always does. That's when you gotta start asking questions about Chivas, I think. Yeah, that what, why is the national team playing him in Chivas? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That'll be interesting if he plays. Imagine if he plays like at least. Well, I'm assuming most starters are going to play, or most players are going to play half the game. Yeah. Split it. So if he plays half the game, then you definitely have to ask questions. Yeah, I think if what Chivas is saying is true, he's going to play like 30 minutes, 20, 20 to 30 minutes. To me, if what Chivas is saying is true, I wouldn't even send them. Because they've been so hesitant to even use him at Chivas. Well, like you said, you know, they don't want to ruin maybe his. Uh, his chance, and then you know his chance to talk with Tata, get to get familiar with Tata's system, because apparently Tata's very high on him. Well, he's been scouting him for a while now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they don't want to. I think since I think since back when Cardoso started him and then sent his ass to the bench. Also. Yeah, I think since back then. So they probably don't want to ruin or take away that opportunity from him. But yeah, something he's good. I want him starting, man. Yeah, me too. I think everybody does. Like I've seen a bunch of tweets about it. and Everybody wants him back, but if he's not, you know what it is. Healthy. It's it's, it's, it's well, what's funny is it's it's happened with him. It's happened with him where these players they do good, and for some reason they just end up on the bench. It happened with him. It's happened with a couple of them. That I feel like we we've, we've gone through this with so many coaches that we're just we're we kind of fear that it's going to happen again with Don and we're going to lose them and stuff like that. So I think that's that might be why a lot of the fan base is like questioning it. Yeah, I think I think with Molina gone, we're gonna get Beltran back quicker than we than maybe Chivas would have wanted to, but I think we're gonna eventually get him back in the starting in the starting role. So I'm not I'm not like Man, completely so. worried. I'm not worried yet. 
And then, you know, we're talking about the national team, and it was rumored that Chivas, that only, you know, five players from Chivas got called up. But Chivas only wants, wanted to let one of them go on the European tour they're about to go to because every player that's going on that European tour with the national team is going to miss the match day for this weekend in Liga MX. So, bro, we would be missing Macias, Antuna, Beltran, uh, who else got called up? Sepulveda. And I'm forgetting one, right? We have five. Oh, Vega. So we'd be missing those guys for our match against Cholos. Because they're going to go play Holland, right? In Europe? Yeah, they're going to go play Holland and another team. I forget off the top of my head who it was. Algeria. Okay. But those games are a week apart, I think. Or like a week and a half apart. Are they going to be gone for like two, three weeks? I was reading that they're just going to miss this weekend. This weekend's a game. Look, because Mexico versus Algeria is October 13. And Mexico versus Holland is October October 7th. You're talking about a week. Is there no there's no break on from the 10th to the 11th? Maybe that's it. You mean in like the Mexico F- like a FIFA break? Oh, is it a FIFA break? It might be. You might be right. I don't I don't think it's a FIFA break though. That's why a lot of the coach like that's why Piojo was pissed. Yeah, even Piojo was mad about it. Yeah, I don't think it's a FIFA break. Yeah, because look, Chivas plays. Oh wait, there is. Look, we play Cholos on the fourth, and then we don't play Atlas oh, until the seventeenth. So that's why they would only miss one game. Yeah, so I guess there is a FIFA break in between. But yeah, um, you know, but Chivas you doesn't want to lose five players. Okay, but you got to think the players who come back from that European tour. To, I don't know if they'll be like physically fit to play that game on the seventeenth against Atlas, and that might be why coaches are upset. Yeah, especially for especially us. You know, that's a, have to travel all the way from Europe, jet lagged, different sleep schedule. Yeah. I mean, players are. I mean, coaches are upset. It's wild that they have a, um, a European tour like that. But at the same time, that's what people have been asking for from the national team since forever. Stop playing these games in the U.S. Go to Europe. Find a way to to make it work. Yeah, and then you know, I think it's a trip out there out of nowhere, probably because of COVID. Right? They can't really come out here to the states, or maybe they don't want to. At the, at the moment, I, I'm pretty sure like some wants them to wait. So they can get people in the arena and get all that money. Yeah, but I, man, I, I don't know. I feel like Tata had wanted this, wanted like well, that's true. At least like certain games in Europe, a real challenge. That was one of right. I think that was one of the conditions he wanted. Yeah, I mean it's, it's good. I mean, I understand why coaches don't want to send yeah, for sure. all their players out, especially Chivas. You know, you're losing five. Like it sucks, and you want them to go represent because you know it's always cool to have Chivas players on the national team, but. Dude, that's half our that's half our starting lineup. Yeah, so Tata, Tata, I think he spoke out today, and it's only going to be Tiwa. Oh, okay, that's going to that's going to be going out of all the out of the five players. It'll just be Tiwa that's going to be going the European tour. Which Chivas looks at it. We have we have Riseño on the bench. Let Tiwa go. Yeah, that was let, the, him, let him get that experience. That was the rumor that I was reading that Chivas was willing to let Sepulveda go, but not anybody else really because we don't have the depth to cover up. All those absences. And like you said, we got Briseño on the bench. We plug him in with Mir. Yeah. No, it'll be... Honestly, we might be better off with Briseño starting. And and for Diva, it'll be better for him. Yeah. Go to Europe. Play against Hopkins. Play against those guys. You know, get a little bit of that experience. Exactly. Learn learn on their Tata. Maybe he can get... Maybe he can teach him something about positioning. Because that's his biggest weakness. One of his biggest weaknesses. Yeah, right. As decision of Tata Martino, que únicamente Tiva vaya a la convocatoria. So yeah, just Tiva. And they said that's that's they're saying it's Tata's decision, which I don't really think it's Tata's decision. <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> I think the coach, I think the teams had something to do with that. There was also, you know, after that happened, there's also the rumor that Macias is apparently pissed off at Chivas because he wanted to go on that European tour because it would help his uh, move over to Europe. You know, there'd be like Europe European scouts watching that game. But, um, I must have been sleeping because I missed that. I missed that whole little thing. All I got out, when I got on Twitter, I seen JJ Macias like talk about it. Yeah, he tweeted Speak out. Speak out about it. He tweeted out a note basically saying, you know, again, a journalist has uh, tried to create a problem between me and uh, the front office at Chivas, but he said it's all a lie. He's uh, 
100% backs up whatever the front office says and that he's only concentrated on on Chivas and bringing Chivas back to where they need to be. So, I mean, that's all nice and stuff, but do we believe him? <laughs> I think he's upset. <laughs> yeah, he's I, I think he's Europe upset too. To go play in that. Especially when you look at that's where his, his mind seems to be set. I'm playing in Europe. I for sure think that he's upset that he's not going to be in the European tour. Just should he be upset? Do you think he, should, he has the right to be upset? Uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be pissed. But he yeah, must... I agree. I, I think he has the right to be upset about that. Yeah, he he has the right to be mad. I don't think. Yeah, I don't it, think it, it's it, like it, a wild it's assumption that he's mad. Like neither is wrong, right? Neither. Yeah. Like JJ has a right to be mad, and the team has a right to want to keep him. Right, because they they're, cut, they're they in the playoff hunt. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they pay him. They're in the playoff hunt. They're. They can still essentially get a, one of those top finishes, so that's going to be their excuse. Yeah, Matias is going to have to just start scoring goals with Chivas, and the European scouts will come, Matias. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, hey, just, if you do your job at Chivas, they will come. Definitely. Uh, let's see what other off, off-field off Chivas news do we have. Xavi um, Martinez picked up an injury at Tapatio. I believe it was an ACL injury as well. No, get out of here! I'm, I didn't. I think I saw that, but I didn't see what the injury was. Wait, actually, no, it's not a, it's not an ACL. Because I think I read that he was only going to be out for about ten weeks. So that's definitely not a. It's probably maybe a sprain, some sort of MCL sprain or something. It's not a torn ACL unless he's Adrian Peterson, <laughs> who came back after like eight weeks. <laughs> oh, okay, it's a. Uh... A muscle injury, a third degree muscle injury, and which sucks though. Isquiotibialis. I don't even know what that is, but his right leg, la pierna derecha. <laughs> so yeah. Well, either way, it pretty much ends his season. Yeah, ten weeks, two months. Yeah. I don't know how the, the season... Tapatios season is scheduled, but Chivas' season will probably probably be be over in ten weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be over somewhere in the middle of November, end of November, is when Liga MX ends, right? I'm going to assume. Well, a regular scheduled one ends in like, yeah, like early December, late November. But right. this one's probably going to end a little a little sooner than that. We got, what, four games left in the regular season? Yeah, our season ends 10-25. No, 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 I'm wrong. Our season ends November no, we 7th. One. Yeah, we have one game in November. So it'll end about... End of the end of November, December, the first week of December, around there. Yeah. So yeah, basically, as far as Chivas is concerned, Chevy Martinez will be out. I don't know how long Tapatio season runs, but yeah, he won't be playing for Chivas anymore this season, which sucks because he he was just starting to get called up to the first team. It sucks because he's a young kid and and this is all develop. He's in his developmental stage still, so. For you have to, for you to have to miss ten weeks for the remainder of the season, it just it just stunts your progress a little bit. Yeah, it's, it it definitely sucks for him, and you know, wish him a speedy recovery. Then we have good news. We have uh, Gudinho and his wife or girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married, but they are expecting again. I know a couple of seasons ago uh, they were expecting, and uh, his wife had a miscarriage. But, uh, you know, oh, happy to read that they are expecting again. You know, hopefully everything goes well this time. And I know yeah, the, no. the team congratulated him on social media. And I saw a lot of fans congratulating him, especially because, you know, they all knew what had happened before. Now, definitely congrats to them and, and hope everything, hope they go through it well this time. As a parent who, who went through like a, a crazy experience of at labor, I, I pray that everything goes good for them this time around. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think that's it for off-field news. I didn't, I don't, I didn't see anything else that we needed to really cover. I don't know if you saw any headlines, Luis. You want to bring up? Nah, this. I seen trophies in a, in a shirt, looking cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, trophies! No, look, wearing those new jackets. Dude, trophies look fat on Saturday, man. You look I, big, I didn't dude. pay attention to that. I see people talk about it. I didn't really pay attention to that in the game. He, he looked a little big. I was, I was just, like, damn. I was just disappointed by by like how man a man up. We were a man up against a team. Oh, that's, that's true. Trash. We didn't even really talk about that. Let's talk about yeah, that. We, yeah, 
yeah. Because it was a red card. I forgot. We didn't talk about the red card. The red card, they gave a double yellow on that penalty that Messias right. got. Yeah. I, I thought that uh, yellow card was unnecessary. That second yellow? Was there another VAR situation? Well, that was the, the handball PK. That's why he got a second yellow. He had fouled somebody earlier in the game. That's why he got that yellow. Oh, the other VAR situation was the, the push on the back to Yami. Oh, yeah. When he got elbowed in the, in the back. And VAR said no. That should have been the PK. Yep. Yeah. That was a legit oh, PK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the double, but yeah, it was. We played, I think, with a man up. What, like, sixty uh, minutes? Yeah, about about an hour. Yeah, sixty minutes, and I mean, again, he kept Molina in, and Gallito didn't even care to push up, maybe because he had a two-one lead. Um, but I was just, I was disappointed with with how we looked, especially since we beat him in preseason. Of course, it's just preseason, but. But Both. they've shown, based on where they are in the table, that they're not a really good team. We, we we should beat this team, and we should do it in a in a better fashion. Like we should not struggle to win games against that with the man up. Yeah, we 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 definitely should have beat them by by more and like in in a better style. But it just goes back to you know the Nakaxa game was the same situation. If, when we were playing Nakaxa, it felt like we were playing better when it was eleven v eleven. And it was the same thing with Mazatlan. You know, when it was 11 v 11, we were playing better. Mazatlan loses a player and Nekaxa loses a player and we played worse. Like, it's like we don't know how to take advantage of, of the one-man advantage. Makes no sense. We've only done it against Tigres. Yeah, and to me, that that's all on, on the coach. Coaching, the coach should be able to make the right adjustments, especially once you're a man up. Put your team in the position to be able to dominate the game from that point forward. So it's on the coach, but then... I know you mentioned, I can't remember if it was last podcast we did, that he hasn't, because because of the whole COVID thing, we, we, he's had to play so many games in such few time, little time, that maybe the, the, the practices haven't been there like he wants. Yeah, I mentioned it. He had played seven games in about a month, a month and like maybe five, a five-week span. So ideally, he would have played all those over a two-month span, but... Because of COVID and the schedule of the Guardiana season, it's you know it is what it is. But I guess you know the the silver lining is the results, right? We won. We're in seventh place. We're in. We'll get a home game, a Rabachaja uh, home game, if we stay in the in the five through eight. Yeah, that's so crazy that you just said that. The silver lining is we won. Yeah, <laughs> I just watched I mean... uh, on um hold on on Netflix. There's a documentary, pass the ball, take the ball. No. Take the ball, pass the ball. Take the ball, pass the ball. It's a Barcelona documentary um, during the Guardiola time, and and the one thing like Xavi and they emphasized in that in that documentary was that it wasn't about winning. They didn't care about winning. They cared about playing the right way, and that if you play the right way, that win the winning should come. Whereas for us, it's like <laughs> we care about the winning way too much, more than the, how we play. Well, the fans care Which about how we play. The fans care about how we play. Our coaching and management doesn't care about how we play or maybe they do but it's not yeah, coaching well i think management cares yeah i based off that maori tweet oh yeah based off that maori tweet after the uh, the feminine one i feel like he cares about the product on the field but do I, but at the same time it's like he's not a football he's not a soccer guy right he's not a football guy yeah so he's putting people in position to where he he's listening and putting these people in position to where he thinks they're gonna make they're gonna do right by the by the team and so he's. I feel like he's seeing that it's not. It's not what he expected. I do get the sense that that's what he thinks. Yeah, like especially after that tweet is. That's a spicy tweet. Yeah, if you guys don't know about the tweet we're talking about, uh, basically, Amari tweeted out, um, "Congratulations to the Chivas Femenil team for winning another game and uh, being unbeaten for eight. Was it seven weeks or eight weeks? And yeah, basically, weeks. you know, he said, setting the example once again. Thank you. Taking a shot that's at funny. the men." <laughs> That's a spicy tweet because the, the team, that's, that's the one thing you say about the feminine team. It's not that just that they win. It's that they're kind of exciting to watch. Yeah. And it's not the same from the, from the men's team. Yeah, even even their nil-nil uh, draw against Santos, the Chivas Femenil draw, it, 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 was, yeah. it was a fun game to watch. Like, I wasn't bored. I wasn't, like the Pachuca game we had, dude, I, I almost knocked out so many times. It's just not there, like the style. There's no purpose. But you know, I said it also on previous podcasts. Now it's about short-term goals, and I think the short-term goal for this season is make the liguilla. You know, and that and that streak of us not being in the liguilla, maybe make it past the repechaje, depending on who we draw, and then you know we go from there. 
Yeah, and hopefully Vucetich's uh, playoff experience because he's won. He's won a lot. Hopefully, come playoff time, he's able to make the right adjustments or right. Because we saw that with with Almeida, is he would make the right little like adjustments in game, or the right tactic moves of covering this guy, who to cover who, and and that was enough in certain games. So hopefully, it's at this point, if it makes it a playoff, and Vucetich can adjust and go from there. I don't trust it, but. We got to hope, man. As fans, that's all we have left. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> For as much as they drain it from us every weekend, oh man, it's so hard to get to like the end of the week. <laughs> and you watch your team play and they just suck. <laughs> yeah, like you get excited all week, man. That's that's why I'm grateful that I started watching Chivas Feminine. <laughs> Bro, I think I tweeted out that like, I was so happy that my son played, my son played four games this weekend. <laughs> I'm like, so I don't really care what she lost. You know, I'm, I get so excited watching him play. Yeah. So I went. <laughs> we had three games. He won two, tied one. He scored two goals in, in two different games. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really happy. And then I sit down and watch Chivas, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to care what the hell happens. And nah, the fan in me still comes out. I still get mad at that shit. <laughs> it's like, I can't help it, man. It's, it's one of those things with fans since, like, birth pretty much. You can't help but be upset. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough, man. And, uh, you know, we got our next game. Chivas will be taking on Cholos de Tijuana. Um, Cholos, his last game was against Cruz Azul. They took a 2-1 loss. But they haven't played in two weeks because all their games have been getting postponed because almost the whole franchise apparently tested positive for COVID. Um, they're going to be playing Wednesday night. They're playing Juarez, so we'll get to see what players are available. We'll get to see what kind of condition they're in. So yeah, they, do they, get to, they don't get to practice, right? No. Well, I'm assuming they're all on quarantine. They were on quarantine. It would have to be like virtual, like virtual training or something. Because, yeah, they definitely can't get together and train. Yeah, about two weeks. You miss about two weeks of training. I mean, they should still be fine, but there could be a little bit of rust after two, three weeks. And then we don't know if they actually had, like, symptoms. So, you know, they could be right. physically up, not up to par, like Beltran. So we don't we don't really know what kind of Cholos team we're going to see. But, um, you know, I reached out to Cesar to, like, to give us, like, a little bit of an idea of what of what Cholos might look like. So I'm just going to read, uh, I'm gonna read what he told us. He said, um, it's basically up in the air what kind of Cholos we will see on the weekend. They haven't had a game since September 13th because they had to delay matches due to numerous players and staff testing positive for COVID-19. Um, we'll see what players are available for them tomorrow in the match against Juarez. At their best, they play exciting attack-minded football under Pablo Guede in a 3-5-2. At their worst, they fail to do much in the final third and leave acres of space for teams to steal possession away and start counters. So... If they play attacking football, that's going to benefit Chivas. Because those are the kind of teams we can break down. At their best, they play attacking soccer. Okay. And, and at their worst, they fail to do much <laughs> and leave acres of space. So they're going to attack Chivas pretty much. It's going to be up to Chivas to defend and be able to counter. Which it plays into the hands of what Wilson Peach wants to do. We talked about it. But we talked yeah. about that going into the America game and it didn't work out at all. Well, because they scored too early. That, if you give yeah. up that one. Yeah, if you, that's what I'm saying. You just can't, can't give up a goal against them. Yeah, that's going to be the key. And then, you know, it doesn't help we're playing at, at Tijuana, which we finally won again in almost 10 years, I think, earlier this year. But, you know, it's do they not. Have fans there? No, right? No, no. No, nowhere in Mexico. I don't even think. I know there were rumors of. Uh, Atlas and the Clásico Tapatio being one of the first games with fans back, but I, I think that got shut down, which is good because I don't think they should. But you know we don't we don't play particularly well in in Tijuana, especially you know they have a turf field they don't have natural grass, so that's like another worry for maybe possibly Godinho, who doesn't who might not be one hundred percent confident at goal. The ball the ball bounces differently, the ball moves differently, you know on on turf and. You got to keep that in mind as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I hope, man, I kind of, <laughs> I wish I knew more about Cholo, to be honest. <laughs> so I can just go based off what Cesar says, but, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Like, my problem is we're going to rely on Gallito in that defensive midfield to help stop that attack, and I don't know if I can rely on him. And then if Beltran has an issue, if Beltran is not 100%, so therefore he doesn't start, Vialpando has shown that he's not that de- 
you know, he does not the best of defense yeah. help on defense. That could leave a big gap in the midfield for for Cholos to attack us. They could expose our, our our midfield pretty bad. I I think based on what Cesar said, we're gonna have to go with Villalpando. especially the counter attack opportunities are gonna be there because he's the one that's gonna get the ball to the wingers and the and the forwards. I don't think Baldrán yeah. can actually, Baldrán can do it, but like more kind of short passes. Not, it's not his style. Yeah, yeah not, not really over the style. top long balls. Yeah, uh, it's gonna have to be Villalpando. You're right. Now you said that it works into his game plan. The problem is. The defensive qualities works into Cholos' game plan also. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, I thought I knew, like, heading into that America game, even though I shouldn't have thought I knew <laughs> being that it's a classical. But and if 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 it's true, I hope it falls right into the, the game plan and, and Antuna can counter and his speed can make a difference again. Yeah, and then at, at the back, we're going to have, uh, we're probably going to have Pollo Briseño and Iramier because if Sepulveda travels with the team, he's not going to be there. With the national team, he's not going to oh, be that there. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel better, to be honest. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll have Briseño defending, we'll have Iramier defending, and then Chapo probably won't push up as much, and Calderon will probably be let loose to help out in the attack. Yeah, we need you know what we need. We need Boyer to have like a big tackle like in the first five minutes. You know those tackles where he gets <laughs> yeah, up really excited. Yeah. yeah. What we talked about in the Classico, not having like that player to like, not the fans weren't there, so there's no passion. That's when you need someone like what he's saying to like, to like hype you up when there's no one. There's no reason to be hyped up. We're showing off with a, with a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he played like ten games and almost fought the dude. <laughs> I mean, played like ten minutes and almost was ready to square up. Hey, I love I love to see it. <laughs> For real, man. That's the passion we need. Alright, so you're picking Chivas to win on a Sunday night? I'm gonna pick yeah, I'm gonna pick Chivas to win. I'm gonna pick us to win two zero. Yeah, I think uh I think hopefully Macias goes to the national team with the rest of his teammates and get a little chemistry going and they come back ready to ready to, to score goals. The good the good thing is we play Sunday night, so you know, they get one so extra day, will be a few days to yeah. recover from the national team game. And hopefully our guys play the first half and just sit out the second half to get more rest in there. But yeah, I think if everything goes right, if Tijuana plays attacking football and leaves himself open, I can see this being the breakout, like a 3-0, 3-1 win. Oh, you three goals. Yeah. Where are they in the table? Cholos? Yeah, let me see. Liga MX. Cholos should be at the bottom, but I think they do have two games pending, so that oh, has to right, be... Right. You got to take that and take yeah, care. They're at 10 points with 10 games played. So not the best either. Because if you give them one win, they're sitting at 13. Yeah, they're in, six, they're in 16th last. place right now with two games pending. Right. How many goals for? Let's see. Goals for... Eight goals, four sixteen against. God Oof. damn! There you go. Yeah, we're definitely. Yeah, I can see that. I can see those three goals you were talking about. <laughs> Watch us lose three <laughs> zero. <laughs> oh man! All right, so hopefully Chivas wins on Sunday night. If they lose, don't add us. We don't care. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of people adding us on on the account after somebody we don't like plays well, or someone we do like plays terribly. I know Don't we got we got a couple ads about Gallito. They're like, oh, but Gallito played a great game after the game ended. When when I put you know Gallito starting, why? They're like, but he had a great game. Bro, they, they no, don't he know didn't. what a great game is. They don't know what a great game is. I know they I know they're looking at the stats, man. That's not that. Stop going by stats. It doesn't make it a great game. He he had no influence in any of the the critical plays of the game. Like he didn't contribute to any of the goals. And he didn't contribute to the fuck up that Iramier had, so I don't know, but he just had there's a, there's a, a good game. Call. And Masatlan's not that great of an opponent too, so take that and take care. There's a what's called. There's an interview of Chavi where he where they asked him about like like stats, like now that uh, there's yeah, so much like statistics into it. Yeah, and he basically says like, uh, he goes like that's it's all BS to him. He's like because they're not sure they can tell you that the pass was completed, but do they tell you if that was the correct pass? That's the one you should have made. They don't. They can't tell you that. He's like, therefore, he's like stats are BS. 
Which I guess, but then at the same time, we can't be hypocritical because we bigged up Beltran when he when he had like ninety something percent passing also. But we watch him and and they're yeah, mostly good passes. Like I know yeah, yeah. you you brought up the uh, a chart that was comparing Calderon and Ponce and yeah. their numbers, and then you know I pulled up the all all the stats because they obviously they you can. You can use numbers and you know to fit your agenda or whatever you want right. want it to make sense. But um, you know, I brought up the passing numbers. But if you watch the game, sometimes Bonson makes like really bad passes. They get to who they need to get to, but they're but you leave your teammate in a terrible position. So you're right. Pass pass numbers can can be you know hidden. Like it's not doesn't tell you everything. Yeah, it's like think about how many times like um uh like on a counter attack. Like they they pass the ball too far, yeah. Like they like uh they'll pass it to the wing, but they'll pass it too far that the ball goes all the way almost to the the flagpole. And it's like if you would have hit the player in stride, he would have been able to run right to the to the goalie. And like, but at the end of the day, that pass that goes far is a completed pass because it mm-hmm. went to the play. It eventually reached the player. Exactly. Um, but like, if it doesn't tell you like the full story though, and I don't think Gallito because Gallito and Molina, well, Molina had the goal. Um, they both put up like amazing like pass percentages, and most of the team did. But when you look at the team, that doesn't look like a team that that played well. Like you can walk away saying, "Damn, like they pass, they 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 completed all these passes and it looked so good." Nah, it doesn't look like that at all. So you shouldn't be that excited about those stats. Yeah, if the if the stats don't reflect what you saw on the field, like I don't want I don't want them. Right. But yeah, just something to keep in mind if you're watching the game and you know you're letting stacks skew how you view a performance or how the team is performing. Just watch watch the game a little a little more closely and and don't you know don't live or die by by statistics. But anyways, this has been another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. We will be back next week after we hopefully beat Cholos, and uh, <laughs> we're out. Peace.